33. We're going to begin to read with verse number 1, Jeremiah chapter 33. Beginning to read with verse number 1, let's look into the Word of God. If you will, stand in honor of the reading of the Word of the Lord. I'm, I'm amazed by the Scripture. I'm amazed by this portion of the Word of God. Uh, when you think about what's being said here, listen to the words that's being said. The Bible said, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. Uh, saying, here's what the Lord's saying. Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Look at verse 3. Call unto me, I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is, but, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in mine anger and in my fury, for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Behold, I will bring it health, a cure, and cure. And I will cure them and reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return and will build them as at the first. And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned, and whereby they have transgressed against me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege tonight that we can stand one more time. I ask you, God, for help this evening as I break the bread of life. God, I ask you to help me as I stand to preach your word. God, you know what the thought upon our heart. God, you know the things that we need to say. God, help us not to say anything that be contrary to what you want us to say. God, help us to be mindful of the presence or the, the Spirit of God at all times, I ask you. Bless. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for what a Savior we have. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for thinking about me. Thank you, God, for going and paying the debt that I couldn't pay for myself. Thank you, God, for singling me out and calling me out one day. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit of God that brought me to the place, to the end of myself, letting me know I needed to be saved. And God, you saved me uh, when, when I called upon you and believed upon you. I thank you so much for it. Thank you for the privilege to preach tonight now. Help me to do it with all my heart, and I'll bless your name forever. God, save those that's lost. Help them, God, tonight to come to know Jesus, and I'll be careful to praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. Thank you. You can be seated. We have uh, uh, read in the scripture here uh, some very uh, powerful scripture, very powerful thing. Uh, when you think, matter of fact, I, I call it very powerful. The scripture uh, here in the title of the lesson or the title of the message is just simply this. It's mighty prayer. Mighty prayer. When you think about what the word of God says here, the Bible said that, that Jeremiah if I've gathered things right and I understand things in the correct way, Jeremiah's in the prison house. He's in a jail cell. He's there. He's destitute. He feels all alone. 
A lot of us get the mully grub sometimes in our ministry. We begin to think, that, boy, we, uh, it can't get no worse for us. Boy, I got it bad. I got woe is me. And then I can read about Jeremiah. And I can find that Jeremiah's entire ministry was, uh, you might say, a time of, uh, uh, boy, it was a heartbreak. It was uh, a time of, uh, of, of destitute in a man's life. I, I can't imagine preaching for the years that Jeremiah preached and never having one person to, uh, to, to convert to, to the ways uh, that they need that they should have been converting to. Never take, have one person to take heed to the message uh, uh, that he was preaching. But, but Jeremiah, he'd say, I quit. He'd, he'd give up. He's just a typical Baptist preacher. Amen. He'd get to the point where he'd say, I'm done with this thing. I, I can't do it no more. I'm finished with it. And then all of a sudden he said, there's a fire that's kindled in my bones. I can't quit. I got to preach the word of God. And I'm glad. Listen, I can't tell you how many times, uh, even here lately, that I've uh, I've been on the verge. I've wanted to just drop the uh, throw things down and say I'm done with it. I I can't do no more. I'm I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm old. I'm I'm broken down. I can't do it anymore. And then uh, then all of a sudden, within my soul, there burns up. There there kindles up a fire that says I've got to go a little further. I've got to do a little more. I've got to I got to preach one more time. And and listen, all I want to do is just preach one more time tonight I just want to preach one more time I want to to tell the word of God one more time and watch and see what God does with it so this evening I want to speak to you on the subject of mighty prayer he's in prison he's there in the jail cells the rats and the roaches the stench the sewage probably running around at his feet he's there listen jail wasn't like it is today bless you bless your heart I'm telling you when you was in jail in these days uh, you were forgotten about you were fed uh, what the dogs wouldn't eat uh, and that's about what you were ha- what you had you didn't have living conditions uh, and the ACLU wasn't going to be there uh, to come bail you out uh, you was in the prison house and that's where Jeremiah was uh, the Bible said that while Jeremiah was in the prison uh, that the Lord uh, came to where he was I'm glad uh, that the Lord will come to where we are ain't you I'm telling you that bars can't keep him out uh, uh, bars can't keep him uh, at a distance I can tell you what the Lord can come to right where you are this evening he can come to your situation he can come to your condition he can come to your heartbreak uh, he can come to your uh, discouragement God can come right to where you are and give you a word and that's what he's done under Jeremiah and he, he's while he's shut up in the courts of the prison the Lord said thus saith the Lord Notice this, thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. (laughs) The Lord just telling Jeremiah, I don't know who you think I am, but I want you to know that I'm still the Lord. I'm going to tell you, time's ever got so bad for you that you wondered where God was. You ever got some, times ever got so tough for you that you wondered, did God really care? Well, certainly there has. We'd probably, you know, I know some of you super spiritual ones, you probably hadn't been there, but I've been there more times than not. I've, been, I've wondered, reckon God really loves me, reckon God really cares for me. And the Lord reminds me, like he did Jeremiah here, he reminded Jeremiah that, that the Lord is my name, the Lord, I'm still the Lord. You might be in trouble, but I'm still on the throne. You might be down and out, but I'm still okay. You might be a sick, but I'm still well. I'm still the Lord. I'm still the Lord. 
And he said there in verse number 3, He ain't leaving Jeremiah in the prison cell without a way. He ain't leaving Jeremiah in the prison cell without hope. Notice what he said. He said, call unto me. Call unto me. Kind of reminds me of something that's said in the New Testament. Something like this. You have not because you ask not. He said unto Jeremiah, call unto me. Now I want you to understand something about this. That Jeremiah was not just encouraged to pray. Do you find anywhere in that scripture where it says if you want to? Huh? No, he was commanded to pray. He was commanded to call unto me. In this, in this scripture we find both a command and an invitation. An invitation and a command for, for prayer to call unto the Lord. And there's some proper ways of praying and proper prayer that would be made. Proper prayer, you know what it'll do? Proper prayer will, it'll, it'll help us to avoid all sin. Proper prayer will, will meet every need. Proper prayer will, is a source of the power that is untapped today. Proper prayer can change things. And praying in the proper manner, at the proper time, at for the proper thing. You think about what Psalm 46 and 1 said, that God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. That's what he said. So when you think about the scripture here, when you think about what Jeremiah is doing, what the Lord's saying unto him, that the Lord's encouraging Jeremiah, I want you to call, I want you to trust in me. I want you, Jeremiah, to, 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 to let me have the way. I want you, Jeremiah, I want you to call. I want to hear from you. Luke chapter number 18 and verse number 1 the Bible said he spake a parable being Jesus unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. There's never an occasion where that we have the right to make a choice of whether we're going to pray or not. I want you to know in the life of a child of God there is a great need, there is a necessity for us to be a praying people. But listen, it is not a choice that we get to make. It is a command that the Lord automatically said, I preached to you now for several weeks on the thought of prayer and I can't tell you the times that I've told you and I've shown you in the scripture where the Lord, that he, he, he expects us to pray, where he expects us to fast, he expects us to call upon him, he expects us to depend upon him, that the Lord expects us to pray. I want you to look first of all at the command to pray. A call unto me. The Bible said in first. Thessalonians 5 and verse number 17. We know this scripture pray without ceasing. That's what the word of God said. Look at the person if you will giving this invite. In Jeremiah chapter 32 over here and verse number 17 the Bible said oh Lord God behold thou hast made the heaven 
in the earth by the great power and stretched out arm and there is nothing uh, uh, too hard uh, for thee. Uh, listen, I want you to understand something first of all of uh, the person that he's encouraging us to pray unto uh, that there's nothing that he can't do. There's no obstacle that he can't meet. There ain't no burden that he can't lift. Uh, there ain't no sickness that he can't heal. Uh, there's nobody that he can't reach. Uh, you don't get too lost for him to reach you. You don't get too deep in sin for him to pull you out. I'm telling you there's nothing too hard for our Lord. There's nothing that's out of his reach. He said in Jeremiah, oh Lord God, behold thou hast made the heaven and the earth and by thy great power and stretched out that arm and there's nothing too hard for thee. How many numbers of high society people that we might have in my phone laying over there on my pew? There's a number, I know of two state senators that I have their personal cell phone number in my cell phone. I can call them right now. Uh, one's Mike Seymour, one's Senator Chris McDaniel. I've got their numbers in my phone. I can call them up. Uh, I can talk to them if I want to right now. Uh, but now I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I'm, I might have something to ask of them. And I'd say, Mike, uh, my used to Pastor Mike Seymour, I'd say, Mike, I need you to help me uh, to do this. I need this help. Uh, and he, I can tell you what he'd say, preacher. He'd say, Brother Billy Ray, I'll do my best. Uh, I'll do what I can, Brother Billy Ray. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can for you. And if I said, Mike, I need you to come down here right now, he might say, well, preacher, I'm busy right now. I can't do it. But I'm telling you, there's a God on the throne in glory that when I call unto him, that he'll never tell me, oh, preacher, I'm busy right now. And he's always available. And he's always giving a listening ear. And I'll always have his attention. Hey, listen to me. I want you to know there's a God that's on the throne that is a mighty God and he cares about me and he said if you if, if, if he said if you're calling to me notice what he said here and I will answer thee hey that's not a that's not a maybe that's not a possibility it is a promise that God said I will answer thee we ought to pray Failure to pray is sin. Failure to pray is an insult. Failure to pray is foolishness. But failure to pray is a tragedy. If I see anything that the modern day church has foolishly failed in, we failed, God help me, we failed in prayer. We failed in prayer. Several years ago when I preached this message for the very first time, I remember sitting down and listing some things that, I, that helped me in my prayer. And, and so I, I sat down and I, and I wrote them out and, and I preached uh, in this, in, in, when I preached this message, 10 things that helped me to pray. And one thing that we need, they say if you'll do something for 30 days straight that you'll establish a habit. I'm going to tell you what's, what's uh, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for right now, but it's, not, it's harder to accomplish this with prayer than it is anything else. To pray becomes to be a challenge. Anybody? Anybody with me? But you need to make prayer a habit. It needs to be a day-by-day -day habit. There needs to be a time 
and a place designated to pray. You hear me talk a lot when I'm preaching about the secret place. About your secret place. And, and listen, friend, I want you all to know, that, listen, you young people that are saved, you older people that, that are saved, I want you to know Zachary and, and Riker, y'all are young, saved young men right now. You need to find you a secret place somewhere or another. Somewhere where you can get along with God, just you, not mama, not daddy, just you and God in your Bible, and you find time where you can get along and you don't talk to nobody, but you talk to God. And you spend time with God. And you talk to God in a great way. And I'm telling you, if you'll establish that, that habit as a young person and carry it through your life, there ain't no telling what God will do with you. Ain't no telling what God will help you with. But there needs to be an established prayer life with a child of God. We need to have that secret place. I wonder, you know, we'll build men caves and women caves and she sheds and he sheds and everything else today in order to entertain ourselves and to have our alone time with us in general. I wonder how many of us have invested anything in having a place where we can get along with God talk to God and spend time with God I tell you uh, spending time with God's more important than spending time with anything else brother or anyone else where Sammy Allen said somebody had asked him many times preacher how do you uh, how do you have the presence of God in your life like you do and he said spend more time with him than you do anyone else in this world spend more time with him if you was ever around brother Sammy you knew that you were around the presence of God he had the presence of God with him. Even when he was an old man, the presence of God was there with him. But he would spend hours in prayer. He would get in his secret place. I tell you, there needs to be a place that we've designated to pray. Make that time and that place the most optimum time and place for you. When you go there, you take your devotional material with you, your Bible and you take it with you and you sit down and you read from the Word of God. Read your Bible first and, and learn to, to, to pray that way. D.L. Moody said this. He said he never made long prayer, but he was never long without prayer. You had not got to sit there. You had not got to spend hours. You had not got to. I know that there's a lot of folks think you've got to spend hours in prayer. And you, you I mean, it, it, when it's all said and done, the more you pray, the more you learn to pray. The more you pray, the more you'll enjoy praying. The more you pray, the, the more you'll, you'll feel the necessity and the need to pray. But, but you don't have to have them long, drawn-out prayers. But you don't need to go long without praying either. Pray without ceasing. Talk to God constantly. Number seven, keep record of prayer, requests, and answers. Keep records of them. Write them down. I remember when we first started talking about prayer several years ago, we got to asking God for that building. I remember writing down on my prayer list at the house. I, got, I still got that list, by the way. And I, I, I wrote down on that list of the date that I first started asking God, God, give us a building. 
God give us the ability. I remember when I, I got the date wrote down there when I got, hey, you know what else I got? I got the date wrote right under it when God gave us that building. I, I wrote right, I, I recorded, I journaled that thing. I, I asked God, I, I wanted God to do something specific for me. I asked God to do that. And you know what God did, Brother Mike? God did just what we asked him. He done the unthinkable, didn't he really? He done that that was beyond our imagination. Or when we couldn't think of how it was going to take place, God already had it figured out. Hey, listen to me. God said we have not but we, because we ask not. And he said here, call unto me and I will answer thee. I'm telling you what God will do. God will answer thee. He'll, he'll, he'll answer your prayer. Pray, pray and pray. Let me tell you something else to do. Pray alone. Pray, when you're alone, pray aloud. You know what I don't never do when I talk to my wife? I don't never talk silently to her may want to sometimes and she may want me to I may want her to a lot but it don't work that way there's no communication I know God's the spirit and we ain't got to say a word out loud for God to hear us but I'll tell you what it does it makes a difference when we can pray aloud unto God when I, when I get to talking aloud to God when I, when I get by myself I, when I'm driving by myself somewhere I like to pray and I don't just like to have that that intellectual prayer going on. I like to speak to. I like to talk to him. I I remember driving and be be driving someplace and go go to praying and and boy I won't not shut up the whole time I was on the on the way of praying. Not shut up the whole way there. About to drive past where I was uh, uh, headed to going and, and just praying unto God, speaking to him, uh, no knowing that I need him and praying, asking him for help. Uh, and look, he'd uh, he'd get in the car with me and drive ride with me. Hey, I love it when the Lord shows up when I'm in prayer meeting with him and I'll tell you what he does uh, uh, where he, he, he comes where he's wanted uh, he'll show up when a person wants him to be there hey he don't show up where he's not wanted I just want you to know that somebody said well I don't feel his presence uh, it might be because you don't want it real good but I'll tell you what when you want the presence of God when you want the help of God don't you wait he'll show up where he's wanted to be he'll show up Somebody said, preacher, when I go to praying, here's my phone. I don't know how many of y'all got this problem. I'm probably the weak-mindedest person around here. But you ever go to praying, and all of a sudden your mind goes somewhere else? I was reading a book about that, reading a book, a book and it wasn't just about that subject, but, the, but that fellow wrote that book had the same problem I had. And he said, you know what you do when you do that? You pray about what took your mind away. Just stop and start praying about what took your mind away. You know what? I've tried that time. That works, buddy. If there's something that's strong enough to take your mind off of God, undoubtedly it needs to be prayed about, don't you think? It needs to be mentioned to the Lord. So you start praying about that thing. And that God will help us with it. So uh, uh, those things, when, when, when we, can, we can talk unto the Lord, we can pray unto God, but we can ask the Lord for our help. We can, there's that command to pray. The command to pray. Number two, I want to look at the confidence with the command. He said there in the last part, or in the second part of that, that I will answer thee. God does answer prayer. He said, I will. What an amazing thing it is when you have a prayer answered that when God removes all doubt, that it's Him that answered it. It's not happenstance and it's not circumstance, but only God may have known 
what you was even praying about. And he showed up right on time. Sometimes we have the answers that are, first of all, we'll have specifically delivered answers. There's no doubt. No speculation. It's God. About like that building situation. A multimillionaire called me and tell me, said, how would your church like this building? I knew when he said that, when he said that in my phone, I said, God, this is you. There ain't no other way this could take place except it be you. And the reason it's you, God, because we've been asking you, God. Had no idea this was what you, what you had in mind, but God, your mind, you're so much bigger than we are. You're so greater than we are. God, it's amazing what you'll do. Specifically delivered. Then B, there's strategically delayed prayers or answers. God makes us wait sometimes. But it's for our own good. It ain't because he's being ugly to us or, or he wants to, like most of us think, teach us a lesson all the time. Sometimes it's for our good. Elijah, for instance, at Mount Carmel. Remember, how y'all know how many times Elijah prayed and sent that, that servant up the mountain to see if there was a cloud in the sky? Y'all remember, y'all, it was seven times he sent him up there. And finally, at the seventh time, he come back and he said, is there a cloud yet? He said, I see one about the size of a man, about like the man's hand. See one about, about like the man's hand there. there and, and God was going to, he was going to break the drought in the Holy Land with a cloud like a man's hand. Elijah was satisfied when he saw that and he knew that it was only God that could do that. It was only God that could stop it from raining for three and a half years. And it was only God that could cause the rain to come back after three and a half years. Listen, I'm just telling you that, that there are strategically delayed times that God just waits on answering our prayer. And it's far good. I've known of people praying for their spouses, praying for a wife. And they'll say, well, it looks like I, I don't know, just a... Looks like I ain't, I'm just going to give up. And by the time they give up, God puts one in their lap right there. Well, the whole time they've been trying to find one, been trying to look for one, been trying to hunt one, and everybody they, they look at is a candidate, you know. And finally when they give up and say, I'm just done with it, God, I'll just stay like I am for the rest of it. And our God said, hold on, I've been waiting on you to wait. Here she is right here. Joe come to me, I'll, I'll preach about Joe right now. Come to me about two or three months ago. And Joe's, everybody, it's no, no secret with Joe. Everybody knows Joe wants a wife. And, and, he, he, and I told him, I said, Joe, just keep waiting. And he, he said, finally said, you know, you know, things didn't work out with a, with here and there. And, and he come to him about two or three months ago. He said, preacher, he said, I think I'll just stay single. I think, I'll, I think that's what the Lord wants, just me to stay single. I said, okay. That's good. The whole time I'm waiting on him to come home, said, preacher, there she is. I found her. She's here now because when you quit looking, God will show up and give it to you. Now that's what, and this that's a different lesson. Okay, I'll preach that some other time. But I just want to tell you that strategically delayed prayer is an important. Then see, there's significantly different prayer answers. Remember what Paul prayed? He said he was sick. He had the thorn in his side, thorn in his flesh, and he prayed and asked the Lord for what? To remove it. Did the Lord answer Paul? 
Absolutely he did. How did he answer him? He said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. In other words, Paul, I'm not going to take that thing from you because if I do, you're probably going to get too proud and too lifted up. Can you imagine being a preacher of that caliber? <laughs> if I take this thing from you, Paul, you'll get too lifted up in yourself. I'm going to leave you with it, but I want you to know I've got plenty of grace to help you get through it day by day. I got grace that's going to help you when you don't feel good, when you don't feel like going, when you don't feel like making it. I got grace that's going to help you when you're down and when you're out, when you can't. Hey, listen to me, you preacher boys, y'all listen. I want you to know God's grace is sufficient. But when you don't feel like doing no more, there's, there's plenty of grace of God and there's more grace. You sisters, listen to me. Those of you, you've been going through things, you've been down, you say, I don't think I can make it. God said, my grace is sufficient. I've got grace, I've got grace. Just, you know what it requires, what it means? It means you've got to depend upon him a little bit more. Woo, God help us, I'm preaching to me. Got to depend upon God a little bit more. Got to just trust him. But there's answers to prayer. Sometimes God doesn't answer like we think he should. But he does what's best for us. I don't say I agree with everything with Billy Graham, okay? But he made a statement that really stuck out with me. The statement he said that he said, I thank God for unanswered prayers. I thank God for unanswered prayers. He said, if I hadn't if if I if I if I wouldn't if God hadn't had unanswered prayers, I'd have married wrong five times. That's what he said. In other words, there was five other ladies before his wife come along that he was praying that God would let him marry. So we see the confidence with, with the command. Number three, let's look at the conquest of prayer. He said in that verse, and I will show thee, or, and show thee, call unto me, let me read it, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Show thee great and mighty things. In verse number 27, the Lord said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, is there anything too hard for me? That's in Jeremiah 32. I'm sorry, verse 27. Is there anything too hard for me? Any default in the promise is not a weakness in God. It is a problem with our faith. Y'all hear me? God intends to answer your prayer. God wants to grant you and grant me our petitions. He wants to help us. But any default in that does not get laid at God's charge. Any default at that probably has to do with our faith. Whether God, when you're praying for that, that backslid child, that prodigal that we talked about a few weeks ago, when you're praying for them and you pray and you say, Preacher, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Has there been any doubt in your mind that God would do what he said he would do. When you're praying that prayer, if there is a fathom of doubt, listen to me, that is the opposite of faith. And faith is the fuel that propels your prayers to the ears of God. And when you don't have the faith to take your prayers to God's ears, it means those prayers are not being heard. You understand? That is not complex, y'all. That's very simple. You know what? 
It's not God's will for any to perish. We know we hadn't got to pray and say, God, if it's your will, say to save somebody. It's not that you ain't got to pray that for one minute. I tell you what God's will is. God's will is He wants to save everybody. He wants to save every soul. He, you know what else He also He wants? He wants every individual that's gone astray. He wants them back in the fold. You ain't got to pray, God, if it's your will. I'll bring them back. I tell you what He wants to do. The Bible said Jesus left the 90 and 9 and He went after the one and He went after them with the intentions of bringing them back. I tell you what the, what the problem is not with God. It's not that God don't care for those that's gone away. But the problem is that where our prayers are, may not be reaching the throne of God they may not be reaching God's ears because we're praying without faith we think God I don't know if God can really get that deep or not we may not think it in right I mean we'll, we'll talk well I know God can get but really do we really think my little brother he's wicked as a day is long I love him can't help it he's my little brother He's one of, the, one of the nicest people you'll ever want to meet in your life. Sweet spirit. To most people. Sometimes I find myself, Brother Philip, praying for him and really wondering, God, are you ever going to get to him? God, are you ever going to touch where he's at? God, are you ever going to reach him? God, are you ever going to get there? God, do you really care? God, are you really there? That's opposite of faith. That's the opposite of faith, folks. Your friends, your loved ones, your family that's gone off in sin, that's away from the Lord, if we're not praying in faith, if we're not praying with expectation, if we're not praying with feet on them prayers, if we're not praying and asking God and doing our duty to see that those prayers get answered, then we're not praying in faith. Matthew 17, verse number 19 through 21, we find that man with the demon-possessed son. His disciples asked him, said, Lord, why can't we cast them out? He said, first of all, because of your unbelief. Because of your unbelief. Remember what the, the daddy said to the Lord? You remember that? Remember what the, what the daddy said when the Lord said, If thou believest, all things are possible to them that believe. What did, what did the daddy say? Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Help thou mine unbelief, Lord. I don't want any unbelief. I don't want anything keeping my boy from getting the help that he needs. Help my unbelief. Any of us need to be praying that tonight? Any of us need to go to God and say, God, I've been praying. God, I need you to help my, my lack of faith. Help my unbelief, Lord. Help my unbelief. Praying with expectation. 
I want to ask you a question. Does God have an inability? Does God have something He cannot reach? Does God have someone that He cannot reach? We say, and I know we know the right answers to, to, to say, but do we really practice that in our life? Are we really saying? Well, Troy, you've mentioned to me about Sister Devin's brother. And I know we, we believe that God, boy, God can do something. God can do something. But maybe somewhere inside of our heart of hearts, there might be some doubt that God will do something. That God will reach. You see, God's not limited with our power. But God is able to reach beyond my and your imaginations. He's too, he's too big for us. He's too mighty. Brethren, you listen to me. If there is a thought within our minds of God's, God that God can't do something, then we need to be on the altar asking God to help our unbelief. The only thing that lies with outside the realm of prayer is that that is outside the will of God. That's the only thing. There's no problem that's too big to solve. There's no person that's too lost to save. There's no prayer that's too hard to answer. There's no promise too difficult to keep. It's within the grasp, it's within the reach of God. Prayer is a missile that can be fired from any place. And it can hit any obstacle. It can pinpoint down to the minute spectacle of an amoeba. Prayer can reach that point. It never misses. But neither is it optional. It doesn't say in the Word of God, pray if you want to. But He commanded us to pray. Call unto me, Jeremiah. Call unto me. I will answer thee. I'm here. I'm just listening. I'm here. I'm waiting on the call. I'm here. I'm waiting to hear from you. I'm here. Call unto me. The disciples asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. One thing you, I know I've, I've, I've preached this and I've mentioned this before, but I feel impressed to mention it again. The Lord, we never find there where that, that He said, teach us how to pray. He had already done that in the pattern prayer. But the, but the question was, or, the, or, or the, the request was, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Not how to pray but to pray. Teach us to pray. If there was anybody that had, had done that, I feel like it'd be the, been the Lord. How many times you read through Scripture and you say, but He rose before day, separated Himself, went apart, and prayed. One of the first things we find the Lord Jesus doing before He's entered into His ministry 
we find him separated to himself for 40 days and 40 nights of praying without and, and fasting and going through the temptation. Teach us to pray. Teach us the need to pray. The necessity to pray. God teach us to pray. I don't know this evening if this has meant anything to you or if it's been any, any but I feel like so many times that we're limited. We limit our prayers. Why is it that, I don't know, I don't keep wanting to keep beating the same thing over and over. Why is it that there's some that's more spiritual than others? Because some pray more than others. In a lot of ways, those that want to stand up and want to testify and want to say, I want to thank God for His goodness to me. There's probably those that spend a lot more time with Him. Probably that one that's spent more time learning from Him. Being taught to pray. The characteristics of the early church. And I've already preached this before. This, this when I, I may be done with preaching on prayer for a little while. I don't know. But the characteristics of the early church was that they prayed together. They partnered together. Peter and John went down to the house of prayer, being the ninth hour to, to pray, the hour of prayer. I preached it here a couple of few weeks ago. You know what? I don't almost seem like I'm being mean, but I'm not. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to seem like I'm mean even. But the only fruit I've seen from it is from a couple of young ladies. They stepped out and said, we're going to pray together. We wonder, we talk, and we wonder why, why our churches and why our communities and why our, our nation's in the trouble that we're in. Why, why things are like they are. Why? We're facing what we're facing in our land. You'll ask anybody and they'll say, boy, the coming of the Lord's at hand, and yet we ain't spending time in prayer. We're not crying out for those that's lost. We're not begging God. You say, preacher, you, ain't, you said you ain't got to beg Him. You don't have to, but you can. If there's anything we ought to do, we ought to beg God for those that's lost to be saved. Beg God to tear down and pull down the strongholds that's keeping them from getting trust in Jesus. It's not just young, and it's not just females that can do it, brother. Y'all okay? I'm not your enemy. I love each one of you. But I'm afraid there's a bunch of us that just talk the talk. We don't walk the walk a whole lot. 
We like to talk the talk. We like to talk like we're spiritual. We like to read everything that we can read. All the books that we can read. We like to learn everything we can learn. But listen, all that learning without the presence and the power of God. Brother Michael's in vain. It's in vain. Let's read come to piano. Several years ago, we, when I preached on these subjects, some of you put together your prayer partners. Some of you put together, y'all would pray, and y'all would specifically meet. You may not be together, but you'd pray at the same times and go to God and ask God that we're going to covet together in prayer at 9 a.m., 6 p.m this time or that time that seems silly now to some of you why ain't we doing it if it worked before why wouldn't it work now if it worked for people to pray together for Peter and John why wouldn't it work for us Brother R.J., it will. It will. But the question is, who has the burden enough about them to step out by faith and say, I'm, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray mighty prayers. I'm going to ask God from the depths of my heart I'm going to beg God to help my family. I'm going to beg God to help my children that's gone away. Will somebody help me? Maybe you need some help praying for them. Would you ask somebody? There'll come a time when you would to God that you would have asked.